Gvaldik. So today's daf is daf Lamid, page 30, and we pick up from the very bottom line on Chavtes Amud Beis 29b. All right, now, we said in the Mishnah, we all have it, bottom line, it was told that Rabbi Yechenon ben Zakkai said you could blow shoifer on Shabbos, whether it's in Yavne or any place where there is an established Bezdin. As long as there's an established Bezdin, you're allowed to blow shoifer in such a locale. Here we go. Let's get going. Omar Ravuna. Ravuna says, we turn now to today's daf. Daf Lamid Omar Aleph. The Im Bezdin. Says Rashi, what does that mean? Im Bezdin means you can't just blow the shoifer in a place where there happens to be a Bezdin. The shoifer can only be blown in the Bezdin. Okay? That's the location of the shoifer blowing. My the Im Bezdin. Bifnei Bezdin. Lafuke Shloi Bifnei Bezdin. It's got a mamish be right there to exclude that you're not allowed to do it in a locale where there is a Bezdin, but the Bezdin's not there. Most of Rabbi asked a challenging question on this. Listen to this. We said that even though the Sanhedrin moved to Yavne, there was, still was greatness that, San, that Yerushalayim um, uh, had, had reached, that Yavne was never able to reach. We're going to say the, uh, what, the way we just explained that in Yerushalayim, they were allowed to blow it even not in the base on Mikdash, but in Yavna you needed the Bezin. It should have just said in this way. What do you mean Zeis Va'id? Zeis Va'id could mean that in Yerushalayim, even a Yachid is allowed to blow on Shabbos. And Yavna, you're not allowed to blow on Shabbos. One second. Was that taka true? When the Shliach Tibor would finish blowing Shaifer in, uh, in Yavne, we're talking over here on Shabbos, there was no other sounds that, that could be heard because everybody else was also blowing Shaifer. There was so much noise by everybody's private Shaiferists well, it seems from here, that statement seems to imply you could blow Shaifer privately on a Shabbos in Yavne. Okay? Elalav, rather it must be, here's the difference. In Yerushalayim, they were able to blow Shaifer on Shabbos whether or not the Bezdin was, was uh, around. Okay? What do you mean it was around? They're in session. If Bezdin's in session, you're allowed to blow. If Bezdin's not in session, you're allowed to blow. That's in Yerushalayim. However, in Yavne, they were allowed to only blow Shaifer on Shabbos if the Bezdin was in session. But if Bezdin was at recess, uh, they're out having their Shabbos Suda, then you're not allowed to blow Shofar. Maybe that's the difference, says the Gemara. That can't be the Va'id, another way that Yavne and Yerushalayim are different. You know why? Yeah, it's going to see, according to this, you're going to say that they blew even when the Bezdin wasn't there. We're assuming right now that Bezdin not being in session and Bezdin being in session is the difference of being in front of Bezdin or not being in front of Bezdin, to which the Gemara responds, light, no, don't make that mistake. The Ilu Bishlam take a Bain Bifne Bezdin, Bain Shlai Bifne Bezdin, Ubi Yavne Bifne Bezdin, in Shlai Bifne Bezdin, light. When we say Zaisva Aid, the difference, but another reason why Yerushalayim was greater than Yavne in this particular area is letting us know that on Yerushalayim, 
you were allowed to, as long as Bezdin was, was uh, in existence, you were allowed to blow Shoifer whether Bezdin was there or not. However, in Yavna, you were allowed to blow in front of Bezdin, but you were not permitted to blow um, outside of Bezdin. Period. End of that Shakla Vitaria. However, some learned the conversation a little differently. Ika de Masne Ravuna Aha. There are those who say Ravuna's statement is going on a different halacha. that it says, On Yom Kippur, there should be shoifers blown throughout your land. What is this referring to? Right? When did we have shoifer blown on Yom Kippur? Yoifer. Right? The 50th year, we'd blow shoifer on Yom Kippur to establish all the halachas that are going to be kept for the upcoming year. So everybody is supposed to blow shoifer on Yom Kippur of Yavu. That's the statement. Amar, Ravuna, the Imbezdin. Okay? You can have all these Yechidim blowing shoifer on Yom Kippur of Yavu as long as it's Imbezdin. That's Ravuna's statement. My the Imbezdin is Bambezdin. It has to be when Bezdin is sitting there, which is excluding Shalai Bezma and Bezdin. If Bezdin's not in session, and they're not permitted to blow. So, according to the first opinion, it's going on the private blowings of Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah. That's how we're first understanding Ravuna. And the second way to understand Ravuna is that he's talking about uh, um, Yom Kippur of a Yaivel. When are the private people at a blow? That's where he says Bifnei Bezdin and Shalai Bifnei Bezdin. That's where he says it has to be done in front of Bezdin. Beautiful. All right. Masiv Rabba. Rabba has a challenging question. Tekiyas Rosh Hashanah v'yoyvel. Doiches HaShabbos gewaldik. Tekiyah of Rosh Hashanah and Yoyvel is Doiches HaShabbos begvulin. Begvulin. We're going to follow Rashi outside the base of Mekdash. Other opinions say it means outside Yerushalayim. Rashi is outside. Okay. So, blowing Shoifer on Rosh Hashanah and in Yoyvel, at Doiches HaShabbos begvulin. Ishu Beisai. A man in his house. A man in his house is Deich Shabbos. Says Gemara, what you talking about? What does this word mean? Every man along with his wife have a chiv to blow shaifer. What does that mean? Right? Now, why is a woman called the house? Because she's the boss. Right? The Beisai over here is referring to the woman. She's going to be the boss. Even Ishve Ishtai, it's a bimachayv. A woman's an obligate in the shaifer. But mitzvahs is mangrami. It's mitzvahs is mangrami. B'chol mitzvahs is mangrami. Noshim peturais. Okay. So if a woman's going to be potter, why are we saying ishu beisa is referring to ishve ishtai, and it's doich shabbos bigvulim? Certainly not for her. Says the Gemara, elalav ishbi beisa. A man in his house. We're talking about where there's no bezin, and a man is allowed to blow inside of his house. You see, you're allowed to blow on Roshana. Even when you're not mamish in a bezdin, we're talking about where there is a bezdin around. Okay, it doesn't mean you're blowing it inside your house. It means you're allowed to blow shoifer in your house instead of coming in front of a bezdin. That's what the statement is going. Uh, that's what the statement is going to mean. Bottom line is, Ravuna is not blown out of the water. Okay, as of now. Here we go. Masiv Rav Shesha, Shesha has another challenging question on Ravun. He says like this, 
Except that on Yovel we blow whether Bezdin was both in a type of Bezdin that could be Mikadosh the Chaydish, and the type of Bezdin that cannot that does not Mikadosh the Chaydish. And every person is obligated to blow Shoifer. Okay, now not every Bezdin is allowed to be Mikadosh the That we understood previously already, right? You can have a Bezdin uh, locally over here to uh, do a get, to do a gerus, to do a chveis. It doesn't mean that Bezdin is going to be kosher in Mikadosh the there's, there's a specific type of Bezdin that, that uh, you need to be in front of. However, however, when it comes to Rosh you're only let a blow shaifer on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah in a type of bezdin that can be mekadosh lechaydesh. What does it mean that that not everybody's going to be litkaya? Not everybody's going to be obligated to blow the shaifer. Now we're assuming right now. That if not everybody's going to be obligated to build a shofar, that means they're not supposed to. If you're not obligated, Shabbos or Shchodesh. If you're not obligated to do it, why would we? Uh, why would we allow that? Ilema. What does the What does this statement mean? Ilema. If you're going to say that the pshat over here is the Yovel Taikin Yechid, that on Yovel Yom Kippur, a regular person's allowed to blow over Rosh Hashanah, ain't Taikin Yechid, as opposed to Rosh Shabbos Rosh Hashanah. Every time, by the way, every time we mention Rosh Hashanah, this brisa, we're talking about Shabbos. Okay. So if that's going to be true, one second. He came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavol. He said, When the Shliach Tzibor finished blowing Shoifer in Yavne, what did we say earlier? Everybody else was already blowing Shoifer so loud. So you see that a regular Yachid, is a, a, a private person, is permitted to blow Shoifer on Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah, as long as you have a qualified, uh, a, a qualified Bezdin around. Elolav, rather, what are you going to say over here? Elolav, rather, you got to say, when we're dealing with Yom Kippur on Yavel, we would blow Shoifer. Who would blow Shoifer? Anybody. Anybody could blow Shoifer, right? As soon as the Shiach were stopped, the blasts were still going. Whether Bezdin was uh, was holding court or not, over Rosh Hashanah, and on Rosh Hashanah again, every time we say Rosh Hashanah, it means Shabbos. Bezman Bezdin in Shlai Bezman Bezdin Loi. If that's going to be true, one second, Katoni Mias, we said Biyayvo Bein Bezman Bezdin Bein Shlai Bezman Bezdin, and which is a Kasha on Ravuna. Ravuna says it depends whether Bezdin uh, whether Bezdin's around or not. Answers the right whether a, a private person is allowed to blow shayfer. On that, the Gemara responds on behalf of Rav Huna. Light. There's no question here. You know why not? Really, we're dealing with the halacha being that you're only allowed to blow shayfer individually when you have a bezdin in session. When you have Yom Kippur of a Yovel year. If the court is sitting, listen to this. If the court is sitting and sitting together as a Bezdin, then you can blow Shoifer anyway. As long as they're there establishing 
established as a Bezdin, like the Beis HaMikdash, then I don't need to be in front of them in order to blow. You know they're sitting from 10 a.m. to noon. So even a private individual is permitted to blow. However, Rosh Hashanah, Taikim Bezman Bezdin, Ubefnei Bezdin. On Rosh Hashanah, you're only allowed to blow while the Bezdin is in session and in front of them. So we're more strict when it comes to Rosh Hashanah than we are, uh, than we are as far as Yom Kippur is concerned. The bottom line is, right, Yom Kippur, Yoivah, we're being more, more uh, makele on that um, in some ways, and Rav Huna could still be correct. Okay. Itmar Nami, we learned in Ebrisa similarly, okay, just a little bit more before we get to the colon, before we get to the two dots. Itmar Nami, we learned in Ebrisa similarly, Amar of Chiyabar Gamda, Amar of Yaisi Ben Shaul, Amar Rebbe, Rav Chiyabar Gamda quoted Rav Yossi ben Shaul, who was quoting Rebbe, ain't token, you're only allowed to blow Shaifer, Ella, Kol's Mancha, Bezin, Yashvin. When Bezin is sitting and holding court, that's when you're permitted to blow Shofar on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah. Boy, Rav Zera, Rav Zera said, Ninaru Lamayt. What happens, listen to this, what happens if Bezdin is sitting and holding court and some of the Dayanim start to stand up? What's the number one message from somebody that the conversation has ended? What do they do? They stand up. You're sitting in a meeting, some guy stands up. What's the message? We're done. Okay? You can try to throw in your last few words, but chances are the guy's already got two feet out the door. Okay? So the Besden's holding court. And now some of them stand up. They start moving. I'm sorry. They started moving around to stand up. They're pushing their chairs out. They didn't actually stand up. Mahu, what is the halacha? Is it still considered like they're holding court? Is it still considered like they're in session or are they out to recess? What's an afkamina? So... For, for um, Yom Kippur, we said that you can only blow away outside while they're in session. So you're no longer, the individual is not allowed to be blow. And for, for uh, Rosh Hashanah, you can only even blow in front of them once they're in session. So at what point is the session considered over? The Gemara says, Bezdin Yaishrim Be'inan. What are the two sides over here? Do we say that the Bezdin needs to be sitting? Goha'ika. And the Maiser, they're sitting. Or do we say, in order to be permitted to blow the shaifer, it has to be during the session, and guess what? If they're pushing their chairs out to stand up, they're done. And there's no more permissive, there's no more permission to blow shaifer. And the Gemara says, Teku, literally, if you translate it, means the question stands. Not literally means... It's an acronym, Tuf Yud Kuf Vav, Tishbi Yitaretz Kushios Va'abayas. This question is going to wait for Elio Hanavi to come and answer it. Period, two dots, one last piece of Gemara before we get to the Mishnah. The previous Mishnah had said, There was another halacha which Yushalayim was stronger than Yavne. Now, if we go back, let's just look. We, at the time that we read the Mishnah, we said this needs explanation. What did the Mishnah say? So, 
If you look back at the beginning of the parak on 29b, Chavtes Amud Beis, we learned in the Mishnah, at the end of the Mishnah, four lines from the end of the Mishnah, in the beginning of our chapter, beginning of our parak, it says, I'm just going to read the Mishnah inside, and then we'll turn back to our Gemara. Any town that can see Yerushalayim, Vishaymas, and can hear Ukraiva and was close, the and could come, Taiken, they could blow on Shabbos. Ubi Yavne, but when it came to the Bezdin being moved to Yavne, if you were near, could see, could hear, could come, that wasn't a, a, that, that does not allow you to blow Shaifa. Now, this all needs explanation. What does it mean somebody could hear but can't come? Or somebody could see and not hear. So what are we referring to? That's what our Gemara is going to come and explain now with a very short Gemara. Says the Gemara, Roa, what does it mean? Anybody who could see Yerushalayim was allowed to blow Shoifer on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah? Pratli Yishevas Benachal. Excluding somebody who's Yishevas Benachal down in the valley. Okay? So, um, they couldn't see Shemas, what does it mean that they're able to hear? Prat to exclude Yeshevas Shahar, somebody on top of a mountain. Okay? Meaning, can you see Yerushalayim? Better believe it. You're high up, you're perched high on a mountain. You can see for miles. But can you hear? No. So then you're excluded. Okay? Kroiva, what does it mean you're close? Prat Yeshevas Close means you have to be capable. Yeah, you have to be within the same tchum as Yerushalayim. The Yavah, the Yechai and able to come, prat the mafsik nara, to exclude, even it could be so close, but if there's a river preventing somebody from, from uh, crossing, then you are not allowed to, um, you're not allowed to blow shoifer on Shabbos, Rosh Hashanah. Period. That's the end of that Gemara and the explanation of the mission. Okay. Now, keep in mind, if you could do these things, you're allowed to blow shoifer if, as far as Yushalayim is concerned. By Yavna, it didn't matter. Right? By Yavna, it didn't matter. Even if you were capable of doing all these things, and you're close, and you're within the tchum, and you got, still, you were only allowed to blow shoifer on Shabbos or Hashanah right in front of the Bezdin of Yavna. Period. All right. End of that particular sugya. Now we go back to the Mishnah. We started out our parak by saying a beautiful, beautiful message to us as Jews, as Yidin. And that is, the entire nation is not going to blow Shoifer. Because there's a concern that some guy is going to try to go to an expert and get things fixed up. So therefore, there's no longer a mitzvah of Shoifer. And we said, for the same reason, we don't have a lulav on Shabbos. And we don't read Megillah on Shabbos. Okay. Says the Mishnah. Berishayna. Originally. And we'll see what originally means. Originally before what? Yeah? Before what? So, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Orluik, we had him in Shul for Shabbos. Matzi Shabbos, he had a question and answer at MTI. So he said, uh, so he, he said 50, in the year 50, is it 50 BC, before COVID, yeah, uh, that, that's the new BC. <laughs> that's the new, uh, the, the new time frame. So Bernie Shaina, originally, 
We'll find out originally before what? Before what happened. Hayalulav nito ba shiva. The lulav, in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, this is the origin, at the time the Beis HaMikdash stood, the lulav was taken all seven days. Uve Medina and outside the Beis HaMikdash, people would only do the mitzvah of lulav for one day. Mishachara Beis HaMikdash. Once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Hisken Rebechem HaZakashayi lulav nito ba Medina shiva zechel HaMikdash. You know why nowadays we take a lulav for seven days? Day number one is why? It says in the Torah. Everybody takes one. Day two through day seven, why do we do it? Zecher Mikdash. A Jew always needs to have their mind on Eretz Yisrael, on the base of Mikdash. Right? We, we, we can't go too far from the goings-on that took place there. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that nowadays, we take it with all seven days, to, so our, we don't go too far away from the customs of the Beis HaMikdash, and also another halacha which we're going to discuss, and that is when you have the day of waving, you cannot eat from the new grain. What is the day of waving? So we've had this a number of times. This is referring to the Karban Omer, the Omer sacrifice that was brought on the second day of Pesach, that once the Karban Omer was brought, you were allowed to eat from the new season's crop, the new season's grain. Now, in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, you could eat as soon as the morning, we're going to learn. Because you could assume the Kohanim got it done ASAP. However, nowadays, he says, you're not allowed to eat from the new grain the entire 16th day. We're going to see a beautiful reason why, a beautiful lesson for us in life as to why. We don't have a Beis HaMikdash. You don't have it. It should become permitted on the 16th. There's no covenant here anyway. Why? We'll wait for the Gemara. It's going to be a beautiful and uh, very moving answer and message for us and how we're supposed to approach the Holy Beis HaMikdash. Says the Gemara. Let's get into this. Where is there a source that a Jew is supposed to do things to commemorate the Beis HaMikdash? It says in the Allah, I will make healing for you. And from your wounds you will be healed. So says Hashem, what does that mean? I'm sorry, the Pesach continues. Because they're going to call about the Jewish nation that you're pushed aside. And nobody looks for Tzion. That's what the Pesach says from the prophets. What do you see from this verse? That there's a claim against the Jewish people for not seeking out Yerushalayim. A Yid always needs to have Yerushalayim on his mind. And therefore, Mechlau even if we don't have Yerushalayim, Baruch Hashem, we have the merit of having, of having a, a, a Jewish government. We don't have Yerushalayim in all of its glory. Right? So, we have to, uh, we're still obligated to at least be Dairish, to seek out the beauty of Yerushalayim. And therefore, Rabbi Yechem and Zakkai established, we take a lula of all seven days. Rabbi Zakkai established that the 16th day of Nisan, you're not allowed to eat at all from the new grain. My timer, why not? Says the Gemara, listen closely. The Beis HaMikdash will be rebuilt fast. Okay? And people would say, you know what? Last year, we were able to eat on the, the new grain on the 16th day of Nisan as soon as the sun came up. 
So we should be allowed to eat this year too when there is a base of Mikdash as soon as they break on the 16th. And they wouldn't know to wait that little bit of extra time to make sure that the Karban Aimer is going to be brought. Because now that in the times of the uh, Beis HaMikdash, you have to wait for the, for the Karban Aimer. Nowadays, really, we don't. But listen to this beautiful message. A Jew has to keep halacha with the knowledge and the recognition that if I'm sitting here on the um, if I'm sitting here on Dalit Kislev I don't plan on being here again on Dalit Kislev if a Jew on the second day of Pesach is unfortunately outside of Yerushalayim we're thinking to ourselves this is the last time on the 16th day of Nisan that I plan on being outside Yerushalayim I'm planning for the future. Next year, I don't expect to be here. And therefore, I need to make sure that next year, when Mashiach will be here, and we'll have the Beis HaMikdash, that I'm ready to not mistakenly keep the halachas of Golas. I'm ready to keep the halachas of the Beis HaMikdash. Beautiful, beautiful limud from Rabbi Echel Mezak. Okay. Says the Gemara, I'm oh, Matir, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Okay, says the Gemara, to be Yavne Amos. Okay, to be Yavne Amos. In, in, um, to be Yavne Amos, yeah. When's the base major going to be rebuilt? Says the Gemara like this, listen, it's beautiful. Aliba de Ibn Bishitzar, if you're going to say that there's a concern the base major should first be built on the 16th day of Nisan, Haray Air Mizrachitr, yeah. So Taka, if it's built on the second day of Pesach, which is the first day of Cholamayit, right, for Israelis, so then, one second, as soon as, if the base base wasn't yet built, doesn't the new crop actually become permitted as soon as you have sunrise? Ela divni b'chamesa, the concern is going to be the base base is going to be built on the 15th day of Nisan. It should already be permitted from midday on the 16th. Why? Why midday? Listen to this. Because we learned in a Mishnah, people during the times of the Beis Hamikdash, those who were far away, were already permitted at high noon. The Kahanim don't procrastinate. They could, you could assume the Kahanim get it done. And therefore, ask the Gemara a question: Why are we saying there's going to be a Beis Hamikdash and people aren't going to wait for the Karban Aimer and they're going to make a mistake? Well, guess what? Even if there is a Beis Hamikdash. It's always permitted afternoon on the 16th. So don't forbid the whole 16th day of meeting the new grain. Forbid only until noon. And permit from noon and onwards. Because it's going to be permitted if we have a Beis HaMikdash. Says the Gemara, no, you know, there's a concern. It might be built in the afternoon. And in such a case, when the Beis HaMikdash is first, put the, is first rebuilt on the 16th day in Isa, in, on the 15th day, I'm sorry, in the afternoon, then um, the the carbonimer might be fifteenth or sixteenth. The carbonimer might be pushed off, and Rebbechem and Zakai. Therefore, for all generations, we are not allowed to eat from the new grain on the sixteenth day in Islam because of this minute um, uh, possibility, not Chas Shalom, the base is being rebuilt of it being rebuilt within those few hours. But I think the message just expands with that with that knowledge, right? Yeah, the taka always have to assume. 
that it could be that it could be any moment. Okay. We now turn to Amud Beis. Top of Lamud Beis. Reuven Mezakai Kishitas Rabbi Yehuda. Reuven Mezakai is following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. How so? Amud Rabbi Yehuda says, "That's my Yemazet. That you can't eat from the new crop until this very day. What does that mean? Ad Atzmoi Shal Yoyim until the completion of the day. Because Avar Ad Ad Bachlal until the completion means inclusive, right? Inclusive." Sometimes, what does the word until mean? Does it mean not including? Up until? I'll be there from 2 until 8. Does that mean they close at 7.59? Or do they close before 8.01? Okay? That's the difference between Ad Bechlal and Velay Ad Bechlal. Says the Gemara, We know that he argues that tonight we learned in the Mishnah. Once the Besam Mikdash was destroyed, his kinder beechadam ben zakai, Rabbi Yochanan ben zakai decreed sheyoyim hanef kulayaser the sixteenth, the entire sixteenth day. You're not allowed to eat from the new crop. And Omar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, one second, you're making a decree that you can't have from the new crop on the sixteenth. I don't need your decree. It's already biblically forbidden. Don't it's not like you're making a new decree. I'm making a decree that pork is not kosher. Well, not a rabbinic decree. Yeah, it's not kosher, because it's not kosher. Says Rabbi Yehuda, what's with this decree? Dechsiv, it says in the puzzle, until the completion of the day. So the Gemara says, you see clearly from here, that Rabbi Yehuda is not following in the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. If Rabbi Yehuda made a decree, and Rabbi Yehuda is challenging his decree by saying, you don't need your decree. The whole thing's a biblical issue, so obviously they're not agreeing. To which the Gemara responds, Hasam Rabbi Yehuda hu dikatoy. That... Rabbi Yehuda responded like that because he made a mistake in his understanding of what Rabbi Yehuda meant. Meaning, Ihu Savar, Rabbi Yehuda thought, Rabbi Yehuda says, I'm making a rabbinic decree. Falahi, it's not true. That's not what he was doing. He was making a biblical decree. Says the Gemara, what does that mean? You don't make a rabbinical decree, it's already in existence. For his king Katani. It's right. It, it says he made a new decree. You're not if something already existed from the Torah, you don't call that a decree. It's in existence. You know, a, a decree is like I'm, I'm making a new decree. Answer the Gemara, my Hiskin, Dorash Vihiskin. What happened was is that he made the drasha of the verse and therefore decreed what the halacha is biblically. Without the drasha of the Pasuk from the we wouldn't know the biblical halacha. So we thought, what does it mean he's making a decree? How do we understand that? That he's coming out of left field. Yep, da da da, look what I have to show you. No. Says the Gemara in its final response, that's not what Rabbi Yochanan Mazakai was doing. Rather, they were unsure. What's the law? What's the law? And he says, listen, it says, throughout the 16th day, you're not allowed to. And therefore he decreed, by the way, fellas, this is the Torah law. Okay. And now everybody's in sync. Everybody's in tandem. Beautiful Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yochum are both working hand in hand. Period. End of that Gemara. We now move on to the next Mishnah. And we're going to get our feet a little bit back into the Rosh Chodesh witnesses. Okay. Um, Except we're going to deal 
um, we're going to deal specifically with Rosh Chodesh of Tishrei. Right? Most of the previous conversation of the testimony for the new month was throughout the 12 months. We're going to focus a lot more specifically on the testimony of Rosh Hashanah and Rosh Chodesh. Because right? every Rosh Hashanah was also Rosh Chodesh. Okay? So I just want to give a little preface to this Mishnah. As soon as the witnesses would show up, the Bezdan would declare the new month. Okay? So here, here's the deal. If we were unsure when Tishrei is, and the reason why we'd be unsure is because, let's say you already had your 29 days of Elul. Okay? We're unsure whether Elul's going to go one more day or whether the next day is actually going to be the next month. Is it going to become Tishrei now? Right? So there was 29 days of El. Now it's day 30, and it's the morning. We're not sure if witnesses are going to show up. We don't know yet, right? We can't see the future. So we have in our mind, hey, today might actually be Rosh Hashanah if witnesses do show up today. But if they don't, then tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. Okay? If they first show up tomorrow, then tomorrow is Rosh Hashanah. Got it? So how do we handle today, though? Because in Rosh Hashanah, you're not allowed to do work. Right? There's, there's laws concerning Rosh Hashanah. And we have to know, practically, what did the Jews do? And also, in the Beis HaMikdash, amongst the Kahanim, the sacrifices, the Karbanas, the Shira, the songs that were sung. Right? What happens... If the witnesses show up on day 30 in the afternoon and testify the new month, all of a sudden, it's towards the evening, but now everybody knows that today was Rosh Hashanah. Right? It's, it's, it's a problem. Because if we're going to accept them on day 30 to make the new month, ay vey. Yeah? <laughs> what, happened to, what, what happened to the Chazan and Shul? Yeah? What happened to him and he? Yeah? What's going on? Where, where, where did my Rosh Hashanah go? So let's see. Fascinating Mishnah and Gemara to follow. Barishayna, originally. Okay. They used to accept the testimony of the witnesses the entire day 30 of Tishrei. However, Pamachas. Now we just explained why that can create an issue. Pamachas, one time. Nishtohu Edim Milavai. The Edim got stuck in traffic. Viniskalkalu Alavim Bashir. And the Leviim ended up singing the wrong song. Okay? Because they sang the regular, for example, Tuesday. Right? Shir uh, Shalyom. And really it should have been the Rosh Chodesh one. They sang the wrong one. So Hiskinu, they made a decree. From here on forth, if Adam show up, they must come before Mincha. They need to come before Mincha. What does it mean before Mincha? What this means is they need to come at least before we offered the Karban Tamid Shalbein Arbayim. They have to come before the afternoon Karban was brought. The Imbo Adam Mena Mincha Lamala, and if the witnesses would show up late in the afternoon, 
once the carbon tamen shabin arbayim was brought, nayagin aisai hayayim kaidesh ulemachar kaidesh. They would keep the laws of today as if it's holy, and consider the next day to be kaidesh as well. Okay. So what they did was like this. They said the rest of day thirty, you're not allowed to do malacha. Okay, not to do malacha. And on day thirty-one as well, which is now Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, we know that it's Rosh Hashanah, so you're not allowed to do malacha even midoraisa. Okay. Hence, there was basically a day and a half Rosh Hashanah. Okay. The Gemara will get into how this works out. Like, how do you, as they say in Yiddish, well, you know, how do you dance? How do you dance at two weddings at once? Like, make up your mind: is it today or tomorrow? Right over here, we're saying like, if they show up late, we're gonna quasi make it Rosh Hashanah today, but also make it tomorrow. I mean, come on, you're dancing at two weddings at the same time. Humans can't do that. You you can't be in two places at once. All right. So Gemara's gonna have to explain this. Mishachara Beis Hamikdash. Once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Hiskin Rebbeich Mezakai Shiuma Kablum Eidus Achaydish Kolayet. Rebbeich Mezakai said, "You could accept the testimony of the witnesses the entire day because there's no concern of the mistakes of the Beis Hamikdash." Yeah. Once you didn't have that concern anymore, so they only showed up towards the end. All right. There's no reason to be concerned. Now, what? what I'll tell you what should be bothering us. And I'm sure it's bothering many of you. What's the big problem in the Mishnah? The Levi's Shir Shalyom? You know, like the thing we say after Aleinu, you know? Like you know, they, they say Aleinu once came to complain to God. It's not fair. When people say me, they got one foot out the door. And nobody focuses on me. They're busy folding up their talis. Right? So Hashem says, I'll make you the centerpiece of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Davening. Everybody will bow down during Aleinu. Aleinu, right now. Make it okay. A little bit of a humorous thing because one can undo the other. Just the same word. Fine. But the bottom line, the bottom line is like this. The Shir Shoyayim comes after Aleinu. Right? Like that's the problem. The Gahadim are going to sing the wrong parak of the Hillim in the Beis Hamikdash. Like, shouldn't the Mishnah have mentioned like bigger issues that could come about by declaring Rosh Hashanah at the end of the day. <laughs> you can think of bigger problems that are going to come happen, right? So let's go. Zog the Gemara. My kilkul and Bashir. In what way is the song getting totally messed up? So in Bubble they explain, The problem was that they weren't going to recite Shira at all. What do you mean they weren't reciting Shira at all? Rashi explains, because they were in doubt which one to sing. And when you're in doubt... What do you do? Shaval You do nothing. And therefore, nothing is going to be sung along with the karbanas. The problem is going to be that if the Adam come late, they're going to say the wrong shira. Okay. Rav Zerah said to Ava's son, go and teach. They made it to Kanan to not accept Eidos of the month. Ella only They wouldn't, while the base was destroyed, the decree was, we're not going to accept any witnesses if there's no longer enough time to be makri of the Tamid and the Musuf with all their porings. Okay? 
and to recite the Shira without any mistakes. I'm going to say that the Leviim, we're going to say the Shira Shachay, the wrong one, that's the mistake they're going to make. According to, according to the um, Tanakama, we'll call it, not Tanakama, but according to the first answer, that the problem is not that they're going to say the wrong Shira, the problem is that out of doubt, they're not going to say any Shira. What does it mean they're going to make a mistake with the Shira? A mistake means you did the wrong one. doesn't mean you did nothing. Gemara says, no. Kivan Klayomar Klal. Since they're not saying any shira in the Chashibus Gadomizah, we're still going to call that a big mistake. Right? Still call it a mistake. Either you could say the mistake is, according to Europe Zera, it's the wrong one. And I'm going to say that the mistake is that they're not saying any shira. They're not doing any at all. Masiv Ravachabar, Ravachabar Huna. Ravachabar Huna asks a challenging question. And this question is going to take us to the bottom of, of the daf. Here we go. What's a challenging question? What would they do? The Korbanat Tamid of Rosh Hashanah would be brought normally. The same like any Korbanat Tamid. But by the Musaf, what, what uh, Shira uh, was sung along with the Korban Musaf of Rosh Chodesh? Sing out to, to Hashem, blow the trumpet to the Hashem of Yaakov. And the of Roshana. What was the song? This is the sound of Hashem that calls out Bamidbar in the wilderness. Okay. Why? Because we're reminding the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the time that we spent out in the wilderness when we when we accepted the Torah. It's the proper time. If Rosh Hashanah ended up falling out on a Thursday, where the usual song of Thursday is, we'll sing out to Hashem, who has all the power. Then we wouldn't sing the usual with the morning time. Because... Then, if we're going to sing it with the Musaf, we're going to go with the Shachris. We don't want to sing the same chapter twice. And, and uh, we, you know, we, we want to stay away from, uh, we want to stay away from doing that. So therefore, we would change it. What would we say? We would change it to the, to the Telem of, of uh, removing, I'll remove me, Sevel Shechmai, from his, from his shoulders, the Sevel, the burden. Edim Achar, and if the Edom would come after the morning Karbanat Tamid, we would say Arninu in the usual way because we're not expecting it to be Rosh Hashanah. So we'll say the usual Thursday one. Um, even though there's a chance that it's going to be repeated. Okay. Now, it makes sense if you say, if you're ever in doubt, the Levim should sing the usual daily Shira. That's how we say, listen. Do what you got to do right now, and worry about it later. Okay, about uh, about about uh, changing it up. Which, by the way, by the way, is a very sensible and often approach. Very important in life. Very often, a lot of things that that worry us and we get anxiety from are things that are not in existence yet. Right? It's all the what ifs. What if? What if? What if? And the Gemara is telling us, listen, if the witnesses didn't show up before the just go ahead with your normal daily routine. Don't worry about later right now. 
When the later comes, we'll ask the shayla. <laughs> we'll deal with it later. Right now, just deal with what's right in front of us. Right? Don't, don't just, uh, like, uh, you know, as we've quoted a number of times from Rabbi Friend, right, at the Sia Mashats, right? Perfection is the enemy of good. The more time you try being perfect and perfect, the less goodness we're going to do. So just deal with what you have. Don't be anxious. Don't that. Eh? And, and if the Edom do show up later, okay. So we'll end up doubling it. It's, it's worthwhile. But if you're going to say that whenever you're in doubt, do nothing. When is it possible to ever go ahead and double up what you originally did? You never said anything by Shachris to say that if they show up, so do it again. I never did it in the first place. Great question. Answers the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daft, and we'll end it here. Shiny, awesome. There it is different. The Shira, the Yaimehu. Because really, the shir shalyaim is the proper shir of the day. Meaning that usually, if the if the Levium don't know what to sing, um, so we'll say, hold off, okay? Because you want to sing the regular one, and it turns out that a taka, that a taka was yomtif, okay? So they didn't want to risk taka making the wrong one. But if either way, if either way, the Thursday shira is also the morning Rosh Hashanah shira, or something Ashira that could be saying on Rosh Hashanah, it's not a big deal, right? It could have been, it, it could have been, it, it's Thursday, and it's also something that can be sung on Rosh Hashanah. So Gavaldik, that, it, it's not, the reason why we use the, the reason to say, let me articulate this better, the reason to say that the Levium would ever hold off of singing Ashira is when, is when they were completely unsure as to what should be sung at all, okay? When the whole, that when the whole thing was a suffix, they they the reason why they're holding off is not because they're concerned about repeating it, it's because they don't know what to do in the first place. I don't even know where to start. But if you know where to start, because it's the daily shira anyway, so do your usual daily shira, and if it comes out that, that uh, you end up repeating, so okay, it's not a big deal. You'll end up repeating. It's not, uh, it's not something that's going to throw us off. And Bezhem tomorrow will pick up from Tanya, the top line of uh, the, the second class word, the top line of Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph. We'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.